Welcome to Arcade Attack. A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. to another edition of the Arcade Attack Podcast. Lucky people. <laughs> Your host today is me, Adrian. I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm joined by Rob. Yo. And of course, Dylan. Yay. And Keith. Not Keith. <laughs> <laughs> and Kev. And not Kev. No. It's just the three of us again. Just the three. Just the three. Three amigos. And do you know what? The Triforce is made... three stooges. Of... You <laughs> you, you... Oh, Rob, you ruined it then. I was going to say the Triforce is made of three triangles. So it's quite apt that that ah. we are going to now talk about a oh certain my... game. You you, are we... you did that before we even did the three stooges thing. Did, okay. Sorry. That's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. Um, a while back, I, uh, I, I treated you whether that's the correct, the correct word, to a lovely uh, Zelda tribute to Ocarina of Time. Yeah, you did it. You did such a great job. I actually started playing it like the day after. I thought, <laughs> oh, this is pretty good. And then I started playing something else and then it got it got marginalised. RPGs are long. Uh, it's not an RPG, as Adrian has no, pains to tell me. It's more of an uh, adventure, um, action-adventure sort of game, really. It's hard to really put it in a sort of genre in a way, in my, in my, in my views. <laughs> Um, I started playing Majora's Mask and there's a Deku scrub and I was like, F this. <laughs> F this in the B. And I was like, yeah, see you later. We're not going to talk about Majora's Mask today, but again... I'm too scared to game. play Majora's Mask after that fanfic you read us. <laughs> ben oh drowned. My, oh, the creepy pasta. Oh my God, that was so scary. <laughs> like, I, th- I think I'm still haunted by that cartridge today, you know. Uh, well, a few weeks back, Dylan was said to me, oh, it's been a while since you mentioned the word Zelda on a podcast. Is that right? You did, didn't you, Dylan? <laughs> I did. I baited you. You I did. Bas- I've, I've basically baited you into this podcast. What is it with you and Zed gaming characters? I know, what, Zorn and Zelda and... Uh, Probably Zangief soon. Oh, yeah, well, I love the bit of Zangief. <laughs> Zangief podcast. <laughs> Why didn't Zangief get his own game? That's Why didn't qu- he get his own game? That's a good question. Because he's the villain. Like, even Dargo is the villain in Rocky IV. He never got his own film. Ouch. True story. Um, the Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. That's what I wanted to focus on today. A classic. A SNES classic. Before I talk about that, actually, let's talk a bit about um, The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Hardly a retro game. I think it was, re- it was released in November 22nd, 2013. 
I can talk to you about that game because you lent it to me. I know Dylan can. And that's, well, look, it, I got it for Christmas. My lovely wife bought it for me for Christmas a few years back. Um, I played it to, to death. I tell you guys, I put it in my 3DS. Loved, it's a 3DS game. There you go. And I loved it. It's such a good game. Um, I, I probably played a good four weeks solid, completed it, done all the mini tasks, really, really enjoyed it. Um, it was actually, it would have been the seventh game I played. Seventh Zelda game. Seventh, game, seventh Zelda game I would have played. After that, I, I then played Majora's Mask, then Breath of the Wild, and now for the tenth game, Link to the Past. Now, why would I mention, Dylan, why would I even talk about a link between worlds? Why is that relevant today? I feel like it's linked. I feel like it's linked to the SNES game. Linked to the past Zelda game? <laughs> yes. It is. A, a link uh, between worlds is a spiritual successor to a link to the past. So I've played, the, almost not quite, I wouldn't call it a sequel as such, but I've played a very similar game, probably in the wrong order. Very odd. So it's fine. We, it's don't fine. Mind, we don't mind what order you play them in. You, you let me cool. off. And I haven't yeah. actually played the Zelda games in the correct order. And there you go. But that, I'm sure no one's going to hold that against me. <laughs> no, I'm going to hold it against you now. I've changed my mind. But of course, last time I did a podcast <laughs> on Zelda... Said, if I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? <laughs> yes, yes, I would. <laughs> but last time I did a Zelda pod, I, I didn't really have a Zelda ally, did I? No one else really sort of shared that love. But since then, I've lent a said game to Dylan. Yeah. And I can now tell with his, his eyes, his twinkle in his eyes, he's now a Zelda addict. Is that right? I'm so addicted to the game. I played it for a whole hour before I gave up. <laughs> I don't, it was cool, actually. Like, obviously, there's a bit in the castle where you're yeah. running around, and then you get this cool kind of um, fire thing where you like toss fire and things, and that was kind of cool. Um, so Mario, basically, <laughs> like a top-down Mario. <laughs> no, it was, you know, it's it's it seemed all right. Well, look, a link between worlds is uh, an action adventure title. Um, you know, it's it's really quite good graphics. I think it's good for the 3ds. Um, you, you you play a young boy called Link, obviously, and you've got to embark on an adventure to rescue the seven sages and defeat uh, Yuga, the game's primary antagonist. There you go. Um, Who is Yuga? Uh, some big dude. Not quite. It's not Ganondorf esque. I, I feel like the the main enemy in this is not quite as strong as Gandalf, but there you go. Um, but what's interesting about this game it is set in two kingdoms: Hyrule and Smyrule. Low rule, high and low. High rule and low rule. Okay. I figured it was low something. Exactly. Um, both of which bear an open world structure and similar layout, but contrast in style and tone. So what's really interesting about this game is you have almost two maps and one's kind of nice and green and bubbly and happy. Uh, obviously, there's still enemies knocking about, but the other one is kind of dark and moody. And I thought, that's a really interesting concept. But they literally took this concept from a previous Zelda game, A Link to the Past. Um yeah, so A Link Between Worlds is seen as a successor to the 1991 Super Nintendo game uh, A Link to the Past. So it's not a remake? It's not a remake, completely different game. However, the maps are very, very similar. Okay, The worlds of Hyrule and Laurel uh, in A Link, to the, Link Between Worlds are very, very comparable to the same worlds in A Link to the Past. Uh, instead of having Laurel in this case, they still got Hyrule, but in Link to the Past there's also the Dark World. And actually, the maps are very, very similar. So when I was playing Link to the Past, I've already, already seen this bit of the map. And they've, they've, they've just used lots of the map already from the previous SNES version, kind of reimagined it a little bit. Very, very clever. Um, or lazy, depending on how you look at it. 
Oh, cutting. Well, again, you may see this lazy game. It says a number of items and enemies and audio tracks that feature the links to the past also return uh, in a link between worlds. So there you go. So I've I played the two games in the wrong order, it, you could argue, but I like both of them. I'm ju- I've just now got really into a link to the past. Um, Don't you just like play it and think, hold on, isn't this link between worlds? Like, what's going well, on here? Think about the time gap, Dylan. 2013, it's now 2018. So it's been a few years. So it's not like I've just played it yesterday. Okay, okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's... It, it, I, Truth, truth be told, I got my SNES Mini for Christmas. I played it a little bit. I haven't given it a huge chance. And I thought, it's about time I fired this bad boy up. It's about time I played some proper, put some proper mileage to this. I know this is a side point, but have you been playing any of the other RPGs on there? No. Truthfully, I haven't yet. I will in the future. Don't you worry about that. But it's the real reason... Why, well, my wife got it for me. So I know you like Zelda. It's got, it's got a link to the past. I know you haven't played it. Boom. And finally... Just over the last few weeks, I've really settled down and really got my teeth into A Link to the Past. What a game. What a game. It is an amazing game. Uh, the third the third Zelda game ever to be made. And you've played Chrono Trigger as well, haven't you? Yeah, if you another... want to go like the kind of scrolly kind of yep. RPG <laughs> adventure game. That's a turn-based RPG, isn't it? Mm. Uh, Chrono yeah, so it's slightly not, different. Yeah, so, it's not got... so this came out in 91. When did the two NES ones come out? Um... I don't know the answer to that. I know it's late 80s. Because I was wondering whether uh, this was the Zelda game that came after Zelda's entry into uh, the canon of cartoon characters. I, that's a very good question. I, I don't know. Do you know the, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah, I think we know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, get, we get your point. Oh, well, excuse we me, mean. princess. We know what do you, you, you want to hear some development about the game? Do you want to hear where it gets started? It might answer a couple of your questions, Rob, actually. So a link to the past. I told you, you know, it came out came out in 1991, but development for this game started in 1988, and actually it was originally going to be a new NES Zelda title. Uh, but one year later, the project was bought to uh, to the next console. I said, "Hang on a minute, we're, we're trying to make it a SNES a SNES game instead." Um, due to the success of the previous titles. Nintendo was able to invest a lot, a huge budget, and ample development time in this game. And it really, you can really tell, <coughs> you can really tell how much time we put into this. It's perfect. It's one of the, one of the best NES games that I've ever played. I'll talk more about my, my my views later on in a bit more detail. Um, most what? How big um, were most NES cartridges when they were, for, you know, in the early days at least for a SNES? Sixteen meg. That's right, I've guessed. Um, I, I got here. Um, the SNES game cartridge had four megabits. Oh, right? Four megabits. Of, oh, oh, sorry, of storage space. That's a different question, isn't it? I'll take yeah, that back. Yeah. Um, but this game, I'm talking about Zelda here, it broke the trend by using eight megabits. So it was double the size of a normal SNES cart. Double oh. the size. Um, and it allowed them to create a really expansive uh, world for Link to, uh, to inhabit, basically. Um, yeah, like Super Mario World, the game used quite simple graphic compression methods on the SNES by limiting the color depth of many tiles to eight colors instead of the SNES uh, native 16 color tiles. The tiles were then decompressed at runtime by adding uh, a leading bit to each pixel's color index. Storage space was also saved by eliminating duplication. So for a really good example of that is the light world and the dark world are almost identical. 
Okay, uh, it's quite inter- quite interest- interesting actually. You see the two maps; uh, they're identical in layout, really. There's a few little differences, and basically, the dark world exists in the su- in the game's ROM only as an overlay. That makes sense. It saves space that way. It is a huge game, massive. So, does that mean the enemies are in the similar places, or when you say they're basically an overlay, like how much? I think it's the back. Similar are they? So I think the trees oh, are in okay. the same place. Obviously, slightly different tone colors, really. But a lot of the castles um, are very kind of similar, but the the tone is completely different. Um, any idea who actually was who actually made this game? Who are the main the main people? I read about this only a couple of months ago. <laughs> I read the whole article in Retro Gamer and I've forgotten everything. What the hell is wrong with my brain? Like I don't, I don't even know. It was Japanese, right? Japanese yeah. game. You're, you're going to tell me the names. I'm going to be like, oh. I try. Yeah. If I get the names, if I pronounce them wrong, I apologize. But I'll do my best. You ready for this? Because okay. obviously they're Japanese names. The director was Takashi T- uh, Tezuka. Tezuka. Yeah. The producer was was obviously Miyamoto. Yeah, you know he he got the thing going. The main artist was uh, Masanao uh, Aritomo, and um, and the writers were Kenzuki Tanabe and Yoshiaki uh, Kazumi, and the composer, very famous Nintendo composer, who'd done the music, Koji Kondo. Koji he's, done, Kondo. he's done a lot of Zelda games afterwards. Um, what's the story about? Any ideas? Any idea what the plot of A Link to the Past is all about? There was a big guy that needed to be defeated, you said? But he was in the past. You've got to go back (laughs) into the past and defeat him in the past. Close. Again, I read about this just a few months ago. I'm really worried about my brain, guys. (laughs) Are you ready? I'll tell you what. Do you want the back of the box? I want. The, I want. The, I love it when I you want, read out the back of the box. Yeah. Okay. This is from the American uh, original release, so the, the US release, and this kind of starts the story up. It gives you the one, a little thing about the story. So here we go. Fantasy and reality collide in a land of enchantment. Mm. Venture back to Hyrule and an age of magic and heroes. And low rule. Whoa. whoa. The predecessors of Link and Zelda face monsters on the march when a menacing magician takes over the kingdom. Only you can prevent his evil plot from shattering the land of Hyrule. Sounds a bit like Sonic CD. In your quest, Rob, you will venture into twisting mazes, dungeons, palaces, and shadowy forests. Forests, even. Forests. Forests. They all look suspiciously similar to other ones in the game. (laughs) Uh, But here we go. Test your metal with mighty swords and magical weapons. Metal like in Sonic CD, sorry. Or heft a boulder and hurl it at your enemies. If the going gets tough, dive into the river. You can swim to escape. And that's unusual for Zelda games. In the earlier Zelda games, I don't think you could swim. Um, Learn powerful spells, locate magical artifacts, and solve the mysteries of the evil magician and the hidden realm of Hyrule. This, exi- this exciting Super NES sequel to The Legend of Zelda and The Adventures of Link use 16-bit power to create a quest so colourful and detailed, you'll just play it, you live it. So you don't just play it, you'll live it. It includes battery pack-up save, where you can save your progress. Which I, I, of that. I love how they say it's more colourful, even though it's only used half like the SNES's colour capabilities. But they had to, to make the game... I know, but you know it's funny, right? It, it is kind of funny. find that a bit funny. Mm. I don't know about you. That makes me want to play the game. Would you agree? I am on it now. I'm <laughs> going to go play it later. It's if you're into like RPG and D and D kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, uh, so, um, 
subtext, Rob isn't into that kind of Dungeons and Dragons Well, you know, thing. compare that to, say, the box, uh, the back of the box for something like Cybernator. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure that, I'm sure that Adrian is going to say, you know, is going to justify why non-RPGers would play this action adventure even, RPG game. Even calling Zelda an RPG is, is a little bit controversial. And it has it's got an adventure game with RPG elements. Yeah, I would agree. And it's it's top-down. Everyone's seen the game. It's it's lush. It's beautiful. It's top-down. You know, it's not a platform by any means, but you have to be quick. You have to be puzzles. It's a very, very clever game, you know? There are puzzles in RPG games. And yeah. I've seen 16-bit RPG games... They all look the same. The main thing is a turn-based thing. There's no turn-based thing. Anything no turn-based. No turn so based. it's all real action. You're mashing the button when you're like swinging his sword. You're doing that. It's not like Final Fantasies and such where you have to wait your turn and select your attack and select what weapon you're going to use, etc., etc. Mm. So it does have that kind of real-timeness about it. I don't know enough about RPGs to argue with that. So I'm just going to say... Boom. Okay. One nil dilzy. No, <laughs> Do you want to hear a bit? Do you want to hear the plot from the instruction manual? A little bit more meat to the bones. You ready for this? Yeah, okay. I yeah. love it when you read out instruction manuals and bags of boxes, and it's just. <laughs> I just think it adds a little bit more to it. Here we go. To set the stage for this adventure of the legendary hero of Hyrule, it will be informative to delve into the trial myth, the Triforce myth, an ancient epic about the creation of the world that is still believed in the land of Hyrule. Every culture has such myths and theories about the creation of their worlds, and it can be beneficial and entertaining to examine them in detail, for they often affect the present-day social structure. The legendary, the legends say that the mythical gods of Hyrule had, uh, had as their chosen people the Hylia. These ancient people left scrolls that are the primary source of the legends. There you go. Imagine I'm leaning out of a car window when I say this next thing. Nerd! <laughs> Rob, that, that's, that stings, man. That stings. <laughs> that really does. Um, Rob's just kidding, listeners. He's just kidding. I think I'm just... I'm fine with nerds. <laughs> I'm such a big Zelda fan that I lap all this up. I love this kind of backstory. I love the legends and the Hyrules and the Triforces and the sages and the, 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 the gems and rupees. I just, I, you know, I, I can't get enough of it, really. I just... I think as soon as we started this podcast, we kind of threw cool out the window, didn't we, really? So. <laughs> Woo! Geeks. Yeah. Well, look, let me go into a bit more about the game itself, okay? So you start off by, it's most Zelda games, truthfully, you wake up, you've woken from a deep sleep, you're Link, obviously, and you hear a voice. Link sleeps a lot. Like, I'm a bit worried um, about him. I think he sleeps at the start of the game, then he's all action. Yeah, technically we all sleep a lot. But, he's, but he lifetimes. sleeps, like, in loads of the other games, like, he's always asleep. Like, at the start the guy up. It. Yeah, that's yeah, how the game... He must dread going to sleep, because he knows when he wakes up, there could be a big adventure happening. Yeah, why, why do his adventures never start, like, after lunch or something? Because every quest begins at dawn. Just like every battle, like, kind of tends to take place at dawn. Oh. That's a sweeping generalisation, but I'll go with it. Well, that's tradition. Here we go. And, and, tradition. And in this case, Link is uh, awoken from his uh, deep sleep by a voice that is speaking to him telepathically. And this voice, well, it reveals, it reveals to, to Link that it's actually from Princess Elder. Uh, she tells Link that she, she is held captive in the dungeon of the castle and that Agonim... I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Agonim, the evil wizard, has done something with the other girls. Ooh. <laughs> he has taken control of the castle and is attempting to open the wise men's seal. She pleads with Link to rescue her. I just hope he wasn't trying to open the girls' seals. <laughs> moving on, Rob. Oh, moving. Oh, God. <laughs> Whoa. Ob- 
<laughs> Obviously, Link is all action. He's heard this story. He needs to go and rescue Zelda. He gets out of bed. But just as he wakes up, his uncle says, no, stop. You're too young. I'll go and see things. I'll sort it out. Um, and his uncle leaves with, with a sword and shield in hand. And he tells him to, to he'll be back by morning. And you just you just stay here. Would you stay in the house? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> nope. Well, look. After his uncle leaves, Link ventures outside into the stormy night, making his way uh, through the rain to the castle. So it's in the night time now. So he starts his his adventure in the night time. Well, I think he just woke. He's, he was awoken. For, maybe not from the morning. He just woke okay. up. From the, so there you go. <laughs> and your face. Um, maybe in this case, the night time was the right time. But it's always <laughs> dawn. <laughs> but anyways, he, he gets close to the castle, and Zelda, I assume telep- uh, telepathically, still informs him there's a secret passage into the castle. So traveling through this passage, you suddenly stumble across your uncle, who is who's mortally wounded. You take up a. You, you take his sword. Uh, you take your shield and you continue your, res- your 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 mission to rescue Zelda. That's how the game starts. That is it. Absolutely crazy. Um, Agon him, Agon him. He's. Um, have you heard this dark wizard's name before? No. <laughs> Question mark. Ah, but he. Th- th- I'm talking about the. Ca- I'm going to a bit more detail about the characters now. So this this priest, this this evil wizard, um, he's actually was he. He's, could have been quite a nice priest before, actually, but he was possessed by Ganon. And Ganon will be, we're, we're talking about him later, so Ganon, the king of thieves, during the era of light and dark. So Ganon hoped that by using Aganhim, he could break the seal that was used to put him put on him by the seven wise men. Many have speculated that this is the very same seal from Ocarina of Time. Mm. So basically, uh, I think that the story is Ganon uh, by sort of, you know, taking possessing uh, possessing this wizard wants to re-enter Hyrule and take control. He's currently banished to I think to the Dark World. If that makes sense. Uh, so Ganon, um, very very, you know, I like a good villain. I do, I really do. And that, often in Zelda games, um, there's obviously a big villain at the end. And in some cases, it's Ganon, or also known as Ganondorf. Uh, in other games, he hasn't appeared in any of the games. And do you know what? In my view. You can't have a really good Zelda game without Ganon or Gandalf. Okay, I've, I, again, I'm not saying they're ruined per se, but he is such a good villain. He is the best. Um, yeah, so he, he Ganondorf Dragmire. Okay, so you you basically he's obtained the Triforce, and you you basically have to get it off him. Um, you need to defeat him, really. And he's taking control of these wizards. He's a he's a bad guy. Anyone? What's he look like in this game? It's a bit of a spoiler alert now. Any ideas? Dylan, you played the game. <laughs> Is he like a big old sphere? Nope. He's like a huge kind of evil mutant pig kind of looking person. That's, that's my second guess, dude. Let uh, sorry, me guess a second sorry. time and I'll tell you evil mutant pig. <laughs> Did you guess circle because of the whole Triforce thing? Triforce, like, circles. Yeah. Like, if that's good, a circle must be evil. Well, this is a whole new other podcast, but I'm thinking if you're going to go more evil than a Triforce, it's going to be like a hexagon, right? It could be. The hexagons are pretty evil. They are pretty evil. Here we go. Um, bit of a spoiler now because, and, and I, I, you know, I, I put my hands up. I haven't got to this bit yet. But basically, if you defeat the evil wizard Agon, Agonim in the Dark World, so it's, it's almost like the final temple, uh, a bat arises uh, from the defeated wizard's body and flies to the Pyramid of Power. It is then revealed that the bat is indeed Ganon 
and Link must face the boar-like demon in a final battle. And you've got to obviously use your, your master sword, the silver arrows to triumph against him finally and uh, complete the triforce and the trident of power. There's a lot of stuff you have to do. I mean, I haven't got to that bit yet. I'll tell you later where I've got to. Um, I, you know what? It's very interesting playing this game, actually, because I, I, it's, it, I've played a lot of Zelda games since this. You know, I've, I think the first proper Zelda game, I, well, the first game I played probably was Ocarina of Time. And since then, I've played a lot of games in, in the Zelda universe. And it's very interesting playing this and seeing how the enemies, a lot of the enemies were originally conceived. So, for example, um, there's... They, you battle Hinnix, Hinnixes, Hinnix, Hinnix, or Hinnix eyes, or whatever you want to call them, huge kind of cyclops beasts. And these these enemies, uh, for example, in Breath of the Wild, they they take up they're like the size of a uh, of a house really, with this huge eye. And you see them in this game. It's very interesting to see how they've evolved from this. They're a bit like game. Shadow of Colossus type things. Yeah, they're one of the biggest enemies, if not the well, certainly one of the biggest enemies in Breath of the Wild. So it's really cool to see how these games of uh, enemies have evolved. Um, I also want to give a little a little interesting uh, shout out to an, an enemy that I don't know has been in any other Zelda games. Uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. It's called a gorilla, a red gorilla, and they're they're weird. They're sort of giant red mutant rat things. And what's quite interesting about these, um, it took me a long time to work out how to kill these bad boys. They basically, if you walked, they almost copied where you're walking. So if you walked up, they'll walk down. If you went went left, they'll go right. You can get close to him, but if you get too close, they they shoot fireballs at you. I'm like, how on earth are you going to kill this guy? It's a bit like the rats around here, down in South Croydon. You know, you don't want to mess with those guys. No, they they, they watch your path carefully and they, they 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 trip you up. But it took me a long time to work it out. A rat's been breathing fire at you, <laughs> mate. I'm telling you, you do not want to live around here. I'm telling you, these rats around here are dangerous. It is dangerous. But anyway, these enemies. I thought, how on earth? Because you, you try and sneak up to him and try and hit him with the sword. You can't get close enough. Get too close, shoots a fire fireball and. A good example why this game is so ingenious, um, and when you think, guys, 1991, you have to step back quite far from him. Uh, you've got to shoot an arrow straight ahead, and if you shoot an arrow straight ahead, you can't be completely in line with him because he'll shoot a fireball at you. So you've got to shoot it while, while, he's slight, while the enemy's slightly to your left, and then once you shoot the arrow, you go right, and he'll move into the arrow. Does that make sense? It's very clever. Very, very quite interesting way of killing the enemy. Um, mm. You have to basically move the enemy into your into your arrow uh, that, that's firing up in the screen. So it takes a bit of skill, and I just think little things like that make this game uh, this game stand out. You know, it really did impress me. And like like all Zelda games, guys, it's not really about the fighting. I mean, some people love the fighting in Zelda games. It's about the puzzles, the dungeons. I mean, how many dungeons do you think? How many? I've heard about the dungeons. People have been like, "Oh man, links to the past." Like flipping that. X dungeon yeah. is a pain in the butt, or that X dungeon is also a pain in the butt. <laughs> Tell us more. Um, there are twelve in total, twelve dungeons. So twelve sort of huge sort of levels. Uh, each dungeon is a map. Obviously, you get a compass as well that tells you where the big boss is hiding. There's keys. There's and in every dungeon there's a new weapon or, or or sort of power you can get. So my recent acquisition was a was a uh, hookshot. What does that do? Or a slingshot. It helps you. Um, you can obviously shoot enemies with it, but it helps you get to faraway places. You can sort of hook onto uh, treasure chests far away and sort of jump across sort of large, uh, you know, empty spaces, basically. And of course, every time you complete a dungeon, you get a new piece of heart. 
you get a new piece of heart. So throughout the game, you start with three hearts, then four, then five. And I think it goes up to 20 in total. So, you know, I know there's... You want to be some badass mofo after you've done all them temples well, with your badass mofo life gauge. I'm not quite there yet, truthfully. I, I'm, I've got the... I've got the temples here, actually. I've done a few of them. Uh, the first the first um, dungeon in the light world. So I've completed the light world, by the way. I've done the first bit. So how many are there? Did we get to how many there are yet? Twelve. Okay. Twelve. Is that six in each? Uh, I don't think it's quite six in each. Uh, the light world's got one, two. It's got, it's got four in the light world, more in the dark world. That makes sense. So you're not even halfway through? No, no, no. I've got to the dark world. Oh, okay. So I've done, I've done the eastern palace. I've done the desert palace. I've done the tower of Hera. I've done the Hyrule Castle Tower, which is quite interesting because in that tower you actually do face the evil wizard Agahim for the first time. I think you fight him, fight him twice. So I, I smashed him. I got, I got him down. Um, and I actually got the Master Sword as well. Then we love the Master Sword. It's my favourite weapon in, in all of. Anyone knows games. about the Master Sword? We love yeah. it. Actually, it's the first appearance in any Zelda game. The Master Sword. There you go. It never appeared in, in the previous two. So I, I then went to the Dark Palace, which guys. Very interesting. You get this mirror. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but you get this mirror, and if you use it, you can then transport from the light world to the dark world. And what does that do? Well, like I said earlier, there's two maps, um, very similar layout, but the oh man, when you picture the link to the past, if you're just thinking about it, what sort of views are you thinking? When I think of it, I'm thinking lush, luscious green trees, nice green environment. Before we go into that, can I just ask yeah. where? Where where do you get the mirror from? Um, not from like Primark or anything. No, not from Primark. It's from it's actually from here we go the Tower of Hera. You get the okay. Uh, I believe you get it there actually. I just want to make sure that I don't want to inadvertently buy a mirror <laughs> that transports me to a dark world. I just want to see my own reflection. But surely you can you. use it to travel back, or would you need to find the dark world equivalent of that mirror? That's a good question, Rob. Yeah. Can you answer that question, Adrian? No, I can't. Sorry. So basically, once I'm in the dark world, can I use the same mirror to get back to the light? Oh world, no, you can, or? you can. Yeah, that same mirror can go back and forth. Do I have to go to like the dark, the dark Primark? So basically, so Primark as it is now, <laughs> can you imagine a dark version of Primark? They sell mirrors at Primark. Yeah, like in the like the cheapy old bargain bin bits by the counter and stuff. <clears throat> well, I've been in Primarks before, and I'm amazed there are any mirrors left, considering. How often uh, the shoppers throw stuff on the floor they don't want. <laughs> That's so true. Primark is just littered full of stuff people don't want on the floor, smashed. But um, but yeah, so mirrors. Thank you, my friend. That's good to know. Carry on. Thank but you. yeah, but like I said, the first time you get into the dark world, it is quite it's quite clever actually. It is quite clever. Yeah. So what's really clever about this game? I think one thing that makes it does really stand out is. The two maps, and it's so interesting seeing... You mean the same map twice? The same map twice, but they're, they are different enough. I think it's a very clever thing because they're different enough to think, oh, I've, I've been here, but I haven't been here. And for me, I've almost seen four, four of these maps now because I'm thinking, you know, a link between worlds as well. So I've kind of seen four different algorithms on this crazy map. And it's, it's beautiful. The map is so well designed. There's secrets everywhere. There's tunnels. There's caves. Um, you know, there's cracks in the wall. If you use a bomb, you can access it. And as you progress through this game, you get hold of power-ups and new weapons. And with these weapons, a lot of them allow you to open new places. So, for example, in the Dark Palace, you access a, uh, a magic hammer. And this magic hammer can be used to hit down certain areas. Oh, it's not Thor's. Not Thor's magic hammer. Oh. It's not Thor's, unfortunately. But it's still pretty good because it can knock down certain pegs to access areas you couldn't get to before. And I just think that is, that is why I love Zelda so much. It's the exploration. 
I, I like to take my time. I like to do the side quests, get the additional kind of quarter hearts. And obviously, if you get four of those, you get another full heart. So alongside all the hearts in the dungeon, you can get all these bonus hearts. It's it's just something about Hyrule and Link and Zelda. It's just, a, I can see why I like playing this game so much. It's almost like I can see where it started. I know it's not the first Zelda game. You know, that's on my NES Mini. That's on the to-do list. But I just like seeing Hyrule really early days. And I think it's, the way they've evolved it throughout the years, uh, I don't think there's been many bad Zelda games ever, really. Maybe with the CDI games, truthfully. Um, but the, don't the cutscenes make up for that? They do, don't they? That's less, yeah. Just, I love seeing it from the beginning. And the graphics, I know they might cut back a little bit with the colours, but I still think the graphics are brilliant. You know, We aren't talking about the cutscenes, still, are we? No, we're not. We're talking about this NES uh, <laughs> Link to the Past again. Um, and I love the dungeons. And that's... What I like about the dungeon so much is most of it, you've got to be quick, you've got to have good reflexes, but most of it is puzzle elements and opening certain doors and doing this and opening that. You really have to use your brain. And some of these puzzles, I still think, how do they think of this? How did someone devise that to do that and link to this? And it must, I often think to myself, oh, I wish I could make my own sort of Zelda esque game, but I'm thinking, I just couldn't come up with these crazy puzzle ideas. A lot of it is plagiarism. <laughs> But this is one that, <laughs> that's deeply that's deeply cynical of me. That's deeply but. cynical, especially because I think Zelda almost started this kind of genre. Not started the genre, but they perfected it. And I think it's been copied elsewhere. I have a question about the Dark Worlds. Yeah, go on. Um, you say like it's kind of very similar. Mm. So like is the, it's like a really kind of darkest colour scheme. Yeah. Like, so is it just not... Are you sure it's Dark Worlds and not like a time machine? It's taking you 12 hours in the past or whatever, so it's um, night time in again, the same places. I won't lie and say and I, I know all the Zelda backstory of all these Hyrule of Ages and Sages and Triforces. I, you know, I like listening to it, and, but I could never tell you this, the story is so complex, I can't really say. But I think it is about almost going back in time almost. I think there's certainly a lot of that in Zelda. Whether that's in Link to the Past, I can't answer that. But it's, it's almost like two parallel universes maybe. And it's, you know, it's very, very... I just love it, and the, yeah, I, I I like how it's a bit more creepier in the dark. Or the enemies are slightly tougher. Um, it's not a very nice place you want to hang around with, really. Yeah, and is it always nighttime in Dark World? Then um, it's just darker. So I wouldn't say it's always. I nighttime. can really see what Rob's getting at here. <laughs> Go on, carry on, carry on. Is it, is, am I against the ropes here? Am I not getting it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, is is it twelve hours in the past? Is it like, do things happen in the past world that kind of happen in the light world later? It's a good question, actually, because one temple, let's get it right here. Yeah, the Swamp Palace. Um, you have to use your mirror to go back to the to, to Hyrule, change, uh, you have to open this sort of water valve, get the sort of river flowing, go back out the temple, turn back to Night World, then open it again. And only then you can access the dungeon. So you, things you do in the past or things you do in one land can affect the others, which I think is, again, very clever. Uh, you've got to use your brain a bit here. Does that make sense? So things you do, does it, it does affect future elements to it. Yeah, I think that would signify as a past-present thing because yeah. otherwise, why would doing something in one world affect the other? True yeah. that. I think, I think Rob is onto something. But you just put me off it now. I have to use my brain. I don't like using my brain, oh, dude. You know what? And I played it. I played it today a bit after after work, and I was desperate to finish a temple I was on, which which is actually the dark. Uh, sorry, the swamp palace. Uh, and I actually did do it. I, I defeated the final boss. Well, not final boss. I defeated the boss. And um, yeah, that means I've done one, two, three, four, five. I've done six temples. 
So I've got six left. Halfway through the game. Okay, so I put about a good two weeks into this. I'm, I'm assuming another two weeks it could be done. It, it's getting tougher though. I think the temples, the difficulty level is getting at the right element. Um, one slight criticism is maybe the game, and a lot of Zelda games have been accused of this, is they're quite formaic uh, actually. So you're kind of told what to do. Uh, you go here, then go there, and we they're linear do. basically. So yeah. they just tell you like this sends you to over there, and then you go over to there to do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I don't mind that because I think when you get to the temples, you still have to use your brain. There's still opportunities to explore other areas. If we're not going to count it as an RPG, then that's fine. If yeah. it's just an action game, then action games will point you in one direction. It's not. Yeah. You know, if it was an RPG, I'd be miffed. Because the whole point of an RPG is the whole exploration thing. You don't want to be told well, where to go. You want to find out. But they say, your next, your next dungeon's over here. I might go in the opposite way and say, well, I'll just check out what's over here first. And there's, like I said, there's loads of secrets. Because you're of, a rebel. I'm a, I'm a bad boy and I've got, I've got fairies <laughs> to find, haven't I? I've got fairies to catch. It's a bit mean, isn't it? I've got, I've got my, uh, my, my insect net ready to catch fairies from my bottles. And actually, one of the best items in this game, probably most Zelda games, truthfully, is bottles. So you can keep uh, fairies. What do what do fairies give you in battle? Any idea? Do you remember? Um, Force field, nope, health, nope. And magic. I've used I, I've used them a lot of times, unfortunately. Uh, probability altering hexes. Nope. Um, let us guess. Um, <laughs> enchantment, enchanting your sword. You do like a good sword enchantment. Oh no. Uh, yeah, remind me of something. But yeah, we'll come to that in a minute. Yeah, no, but no. Um, they, can you change them to a series of different monsters? Oh, no, who extra have lives. Attributes. Yes. Sorry, dude. <laughs> completely sorry, Rob. Tra- completely trampled over Rob's point. Yeah, extra lives. If you die, and <laughs> if when I die, basically in these dungeons, if you got a fairy that will come from your grave, from your bottle, well, I should say, and it will automatically revive you wherever wherever you're in battle, and it will give you about I think about six stars. So it gives you, and if you've got three, three um, fairies, you've got three chances. How do the fairies get out of the bottle if you're dead? I don't know that. Maybe when you fall to the ground, the bottles ex- break open, possibly. That's a good explanation. Yeah, that is possibly. a good explanation. But if I was a fairy trapped by you, the last thing I would want to do is bring <laughs> you back to life. Do you know I'm what's sorry? even worse? I think that is bad. However, in Breath of the Wild, you can catch fairies and you can cook them. You can put them in a big cooking dish. Oh god! And you can make some crazy elixirs where they where where they really improve your health. I know. Nintendo have got have come miles from their censorship days. I tell you, like cooking, they're, <laughs> they're cooking fairies now. Jesus! Well, know, you right? know, Pokemon is basically a game about trapping wild animals and forcing them to fight each other. It's to essentially death. about cockfighting, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. Pokemon. <laughs> um, you reminded me about the, the sword. Does it give Michael you sword Vick, power? Michael Vick was is like bang on the old Pokemon front. He's like, yeah, he needs to like practice on that before he does his other stuff. <laughs> lawsuit <laughs> <laughs> the master sword i love the master sword oh, it's great and when you get it you feel oh it's, it's almost like you can't you finally playing the zelda game what's interesting about this game is if you've got the master sword and full health you've got to have full health by the way you've got an additional attack so if you hit your sword it kind of shoots out kind of sort of um a sort of force field laser beam thing and it hit and it's like a projectile it's very quite clever actually so any enemies far away so i like that there you go. I actually like it. I've I pulled like a like a sad face you at did. you, but I actually do like that. And do you know what? That that ability has helped me many a time. I'm like, I must get full health because there's loads of enemies in the room and I just I just go doof, 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 doof. Even when you're gun. shopping. Even yeah. when you're shopping on a Saturday morning, that's gonna help. Dust out the master shield, get out of the way of my Asda Isle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um 
there's still many temples left for me to complete. I'm I'm gonna complete this game. You know, nine. I'm quite proud of my nine Zelda games complete. This is gonna be my tenth. I'm def. I'm desperate to complete it. I've tried to stay clear of the future temples. I, you know, I don't want to look at too many spoilers. But the final temple is Ganon's Tower. That's when you have your final battle, of course. And there you go. Um, a little bit of fact, really. Not really what well, is linked to this game. This game was also released on the uh, Game Boy Advance, a remake of A Link to the Past. And in that game, a very good a very good addition to the game, by the way, they gave you a bonus dungeon, apparently. I don't know if it's in my SNES Mini. I've got, I don't think it probably is. But there's a bonus temple called the Palace of the Four Swords. And... Um, to, to access this, this, this um, a link to the uh, this Game Boy Advance game, which is basically the Ford Swords plus uh, the remake. You have to complete, um, you have to complete the Four Swords multiplayer game first to access this. That's a nice little bonus, isn't it? There you go. Um, music, I love the music in this game. Okay, I think it brings out the best in the. What, I think the SNES music. I think this is a brilliant example of, of showing what it can do. Can you hammer some? No, I can't. You put me in the spot. Um, no, I can't. Um, I'm going to make a fool of myself. Sorry, Rob. I'm not going to do it. Okay. <laughs> but like I said, guys, it was composed, arranged, and produced by Koji Kondo. What a legend. And he, the overworld theme of, of, of uh, The Legend of Zelda, Hyrule's Overture, returns to A Link to the Past. But it's it's, it's redone. It's revamped. Um yeah, so it, this original theme for the original Zeldas but was brought back. However, he helped produce and establish many musical scores, many songs, many lyrics uh, that will will be later later used in future Zelda games, such as um, such as let's get some names here. Yeah, Zelda's Lullaby, uh, Ganondorf's theme, Hyrule Castle, Kakariko Village, and the and the and the secret uh, fairy cave music as well. So absolutely great music. Um, I love, I love. One of my biggest regrets actually was last year they had a, a Zelda orchestra in London. I, I almost took the misses. It was just a bit too expensive. How much were the tickets? They were quite a lot. I think they're about like fifty or six pounds each. You know, it, it's one of those things I would have liked to have gone to. That's not bad for an orchestral concert. Yeah. You know, that. and they, and, and they got some original artwork in the background when it's on. And, you know, it's one of those things I regret a little bit. That's actually a decent price. Do you think dude. so? You should have gone. Maybe I should have gone. Sorry. I went to, uh, well, I actually go to a gig. It was at a festival Dylan and I were at. I just realized Dylan was there as well. Oh, hello. But uh, no, I mean, at the festival. Oh, hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> we, we saw uh, John Carpenter, um, film director, did uh, The Thing, wow. Halloween, Escape New York, etc., etc. But also uh, composes the synth music. And he was kind of, he had a full band there, mm-hmm. like playing the, all these songs, with, like clips from the film behind him on the screen it was fantastic nice oh, i missed that i think i was getting drunk somewhere by myself <laughs> yeah it was great one of the, it was one of the highlights but oh. uh, <laughs> i missed that <laughs> i do remember it being on and everyone was like afterwards like oh my god yeah i'm sure zelda was good too sorry Aiden. sorry eight i bet it out. was i bet it was um before i talk about the reception and some awards it's an award-winning game um any views that you want to chip in guys have you actually ever played the game have you obviously you've seen you've seen screenshots and so forth? What, what do you reckon? Um, I I know of it. I've just never Zelda's never really been something that's grabbed me. I know it's really big with you. Just I don't know something like I say, not really been ever been into RPG type games. Didn't have a SNES. 
it's never really been like literally my biggest familiarity is the cartoon yeah. of Zelda that used to be with <laughs> Stop the it. That's not Super a fair Mario reflection. cartoon. <laughs> Stop it, Rob. Stop it. That's not a fair reflection of the game. I don't Do you think. not approve of the cartoon? No, because almost like the Mario cartoon, you know, it doesn't put it in the right light, does it? I like the Mario cartoon. Hmm. The essence of the games isn't in the cartoon. The Mario 3 right? cartoon is better, but... Yeah. I, I remember I had, when I was going through, me and my brothers were thinking, do we get a Mega Drive or a SNES? And it was a tough decision. It wasn't an easy decision. And one of the reasons why I was going to, let's think about getting the SNES, is A Link to the Past. And I, it was always a game that caught my eye. And it, it's been years, oh God, that's about 20 odd years now since I played it. Obviously, finally played the game. But yeah, I finally got to play it and I can see what all the hype's about. It does live up to the hype. It is that You good. mean the hype rule? Yeah, <laughs> I mean exactly that. Um, do you guys want to hear a couple of reviews I've dug out from the internet? You ready for this? Yeah, go on. Um, Euphoric, I'm guessing. Well, I've tried to look at a couple of mixed, not mixed reviews, but I, I'm trying to look at all bases really here. Um, Nintendo Land. What do you reckon they gave this game? 10 um, out of 10. Yeah, it's, you're, uh, it's out of 100%. Well, you're starting off high, so I'm going to say at least, I'm going to say 100%. They went with 98 Ooh. And they said, here I we think, go. I think Rob deserves an award for that. That's pretty much. <laughs> that was close. They said, the game is, if you ask me, the best video game ever. This fab adventure takes Link through a total of 13 big dungeons with as many bosses. I think it's 12, but there you go. Um, the first SNES game to sell in more than 1 million copies. This is that kind of game that when you, when you have started to play, you're stuck. You won't leave it until you finished it. It completely takes control of your mind and you can't think of anything else. The, ga- the King of Games, a fantastic adventure that you'll come back to after a while to play it through again and again just to feel the magic of Zelda free once more. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I'm trying to get a slightly more... Well, actually, unbiased. Slightly unbiased, but actually I like this. It's quite a short review. CVG. We like CVG. What do you reckon they gave it? Well, CVG do review everything, so I'm more inclined to... To listen to their their say so. CVG, I think, as maybe I'm wrong, but I seem to remember CVG like Mega used to mark low. Yeah, they uh, used to yeah. like have a go at everything. So I'm going to Street Fighter. Right? I'm going to say 91. You know what? And that's not a bad shout. I think you're all, you're, you're two away again. 89. So then, then you know, and they do like marking low. They they're, do. They're, they're, they're a low marker. But they say here it's the best adventure you can get on any console. <laughs> Only 89 percent. Ah, but they say it's the bee's knees, it's the cat's whiskers, it's the donkey's armpits. It's Zelda free. I like that. I love how I like donkeys don't even have armpits. I know. That's, well, that, That's pretty great. That, that's CBG yeah. for you. Proper good job. That's so there. 90s. That's such a 90s <laughs> thing to say. Um, right, I've got some awards. Do you want to hear some awards of the game one? Yeah. Yeah, this. go on then, Adrian. A Link to the Past is easily one of the best selling SNES games. And how many copies do you think it eventually sold? Obviously over a million. We've got we've already got ten that. billion. Um <laughs> I was gonna say ten million. No. I mean I don't know the, the I bet final... I'm still closer than Dylan now. Six million. Again, I don't know the time the final figure, but I've got four point six one million here. Huh? Oh, so I don't know when that, that sounds pretty bit. final. <laughs> it does sound quite final, doesn't it? <laughs> and this was how many years old worldwide, and it, um, a really long, exceptionally long stay on Nintendo's Power Top Games list, and it was ranking number two uh, in their last ever issue. So I think it was one of the best games. They it always came back every year. The best game, best game. Um, yeah, it basically, when the SNES list was finally retired in, in this magazine, A Link to the Past had more than five consecutive years in the number one spot. 
five years as the best NES game. Yeah. How crazy is that? And there were good, there were a lot of good games on the SNES. So. I mean, other people say Super Metroid's better, Super Mario World. I mean, I, Street genre. Fighter 2 Turbo. Yeah, yeah you could argue Turbo. that. It's, it's, genre, it's what genre you like, isn't it? I mean, if you're not into the big adventure yeah. RPG type thing, then you're not going to think that A Link to the Past is on the top of it. I've, I've played more Mega Drive games than SNES games, but my favourite ever SNES game I've ever played would be A Link to the Past. It's the best for me. It is that good. Okay, I love it. Um, I have a question. Mm. Like, I was thinking about this. They never made another Zelda game on the SNES, did they? Nope. It was the the one only one. Yeah, the only SNES game for the, on the Zelda franchise. Yeah. So I mean, there obviously was a big like uh, gap between Zelda three and Ocarina, I'm the, o- Ocarina of Time. Well, I was going to say I was guessing the CDI one would have been. First. Do they really count? Well, did Nintendo games. make it? They are. Mm, I've got a feeling Nintendo sold the rights, and I think Philips made it, but I might be wrong there. I don't think it was a proper j- Japanese. But why? Like, why so many years the no Zelda game? Do you know what I think? It's the production, the amount of time it takes to make these games. I think they don't want to rush them. They know these. Do you know what? Actually, I, I, I can hazard a guess because that traversed eight bit and sixteen bit. If they had started, they couldn't have started Ocarina mm. on the SNES because they couldn't have gone 3D. No. So I what? think they probably <clears throat> knew that they were trying to develop a 3D console <clears throat> and sort of left it until then. Yeah, but like, do you really need to wait until you can do a 3D thing to do another Zelda game? It's like, you know... No, th- but by the time that they... Because comp- they take like twice as long as a like a, like a platform yeah. or something. The amount of people involved in the Zelda game is... You know, Nintendo know that this is a big deal. They don't want to rush it. <clears throat> It would have traversed, and they knew they probably knew that leap was coming. So they, you can't start developing something in two D on sixteen bit that's going to traverse and go into. I th- I think 16-bit. also, I'm maybe I think obviously not the case now, but I think at the time maybe Nintendo were a little bit reluctant to kind of overplay their hand with the main kind of characters too much. I mean, think of the SNES. Mm. There's only one real Mario game. I'm not counting Doctor Mario or Mario All Stars. <laughs> Like, there's only one Mario Kart. Maybe it's just that they weren't really that keen on doing that yeah. development for maybe. the characters that much. Also, I think maybe just console shelf life as well. Like, consoles, you know, we'll kind of get to the stage where consoles weren't around. Well, as, well Rob, were I, slight correction. Um, they did make the Game Boy uh, Link game. Uh, Zelda game after Link's Awakening. Yeah, that was ah, just see, after this, actually. I can tell you about that game because I had that one. <laughs> but, <laughs> only Zelda but I know game you I mean had. the proper big yeah. game. Yeah. Um, there were a few more sort of handheld games as well. Um, but, or, you know, Ocarina of Time was the big one. Actually, I, I read somewhere, maybe, I don't know it's probably not facts, but little rumours were that the first Zelda for the NES done very well. The second Zelda, the kind of side-scrolling game, was was okay. And actually, getting this new Zelda game off the ground, it was not a it was not a foregone conclusion. This this game here, to its roots because obviously Zelda Two yeah, was a bit weird. A bit, I don't. I played it a bit. It's not really my cup of tea. But a link to the past is so important for the Zelda franchise. Without a link to the past, Ocarina of Time wouldn't have happened. I know it sounds simple. And you know, but the lot it really helped rejuvenate the the series. Could again. there have been a Zelda in between them? I don't think so. Mm. Looking back, and on I it. think it's wise. What's the point of rushing a great IP and churning it out? It, it it it's killed a lot of previous games. Look at look at Earthworm Jim. Earthworm Jim one and two are brilliant. They they chucked out a 3D game. The end of it. 
Yeah, you know, they rushed was it. The end of that. And it's a shame, really. That's why I like Zelda. They take their time and they've made. Uh, you know what? I've played no stinkers. I've never played the CDI games. I don't want to talk about them ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love it. Love it. But, Future pods. Oh, dear. <laughs> no, but honestly, the Zelda games, they're just so well done. It really just. This, I love the environment it, it zooms you into. I love Hyrule, you know? Does Zelda do much talking in the later games? Is that where you. Do you just hate. Like, I mean, Link, does. He do much talking. Never. Do you just hate you just hate Link talking, don't you? He doesn't talk at all, does he? Uh, he does in the CDI cutscenes oh. in the cartoon. Is that why you hate them? Uh, let's not talk about it. <laughs> um, look, yeah. So, for example, a Link to the Past was critically acclaimed upon release for its graphics and gameplay, and has since been recognised by critics as one of the greatest video games of all time. Now, that is a big claim. I would argue it's one of the most important 16-bit games of all time. I would argue that. Um, would, you, would you not agree, Rob? No, I was just thinking, um, In I think about 1995, Games Master brought out a little uh, thing with one of the magazines, uh, the top 100 games of all time. And I have a feeling Zelda 3 was about halfway down the list. Fair enough. So, I mean, it was highly regarded, but again, 89% on CVG. Like, I don't know if it was as universally kind of acclaimed as the best game, you know, all across the board. Universal acclaim, hard to come by, but for its genre and... Mm. Yeah. yeah. And if you can get a copy now, whether it's a SNES Mini or... Um... Yeah, the original cart on the SNES, which is actually, you know, let's be, guys, most Zelda games now, uh, the, 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 the value is going up all the time, so you get a copy if you can soon. Um, it's worth playing still today, definitely. Um, before we finish off, I've got a few facts about the game. Do you want to hear some? We always like to finish on facts, Love a bit facts. of trivia. Yeah. yeah. Are you ready for some. this? Give me some. Um, yeah, so uh, this, I don't know why this number is so specific, but how many hours, I don't know who worked this out, how many hours did this game take to program t- in total they i don't know how they got this number but i've got it here oh my god are we saying like how many hours did the job take or collectively i think i think collectively in total looking so we're we talking about hours per programmer uh, i think in total to make the game so yeah but i mean like are we talking a length of time are we talking the cumulative hours that each programmer put into yeah, the game that's what I i've asked. got here the original snes version of the game took approximately hours to program well, I, that's what of the yeah. No, <laughs> if if there are like per... kind of fifty people working in the game, then it's going to be have one hour is going to be fifty times that the other is. Yeah, is if it's like is if it's like working hours, and they would have been working along at the same time. But is it like the community cumulative? Just like, tell us what the number together? is. <laughs> I've got the number here. It's fifty-eight thousand two hundred forty hours. Cumulative, then there you go. <laughs> cumulative. <laughs> Thanks. We got there in the end. Um, Ah, here we go. In in many of the the houses in Hyrule, there are pictures of a of a video game character on the north uh, wall of each home. Not any every home, but in a few homes. There's a there's a picture of another video game character. Who do you reckon it could be? Kirby. Nope. Good guess. Mario. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would have guessed that, but I thought it was too obvious. It was a bit ah. obvious, wasn't it? It was a bit obvious. Sometimes you got to go obvious, Rob. Sometimes you, you got to go obvious. Ah, do you want to hear the English translation of the actual Japanese title? So it's not quite linked to the past, but if you translate the Japanese version... Is it going to be something hilarious? No, it's, I think it's, well, arguably a better title, but there you go. go it's The Legend of Zelda, Trifles of the Gods. No, I prefer Link to the Past. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, because I, A Link to the Past is cleverer because it's Link 
going to the past. That is and kind it's of a link clever. To the past, it is quite so clever. So that's just clever. Yeah, but the pun wouldn't have worked for the Japanese. Thing. No, it wouldn't. Unless no. is Link's name in does Link's name in Japanese also mean Link? I that's a good question. I don't really know. You should know these things. I should, Come should on, as, as like a Zelda super fan, you've got to know these that. things. Right, I like this. This is arguably, that people say it's one of the best Easter eggs in the video game. I wouldn't maybe go that far, but it's still pretty pretty incredible. Um, have you guys ever heard of the Chris Houlihan room? Yes, I've heard of the Chris Houlihan room. Have you? Yes. This is the one thing I do remember from Yay! the article. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, my brain hasn't fool, hasn't hasn't failed me yet. Come on, I can't brain. wait to hear this. I'm going to tell you now. He won a competition, didn't he? He did. Was it a Nintendo Power competition? It was. He basically, Nintendo Power made a, um, a competition that if you won, I think, what did he have to do? I think you just had to send your name in. It was randomly oh, okay. selected. And then you go into, it's like a hidden room, isn't it? Yeah. So it's not in like the, the general course of things. Correct. And then you speak to someone in the room and then they say Chris Houlihan, don't they? It says here that the actual message is, if you get to this secret room in Zelda, it says here, the message reads, my name is Chris Houlihan. This is my top secret room. <laughs> Keep it between us, okay? <laughs> so, see, he's like, you know, he's immortalized in the game. And apparently, the, Chris Houlihan, he entered this competition when he was very young, I think five or six, and he wasn't told what game he'd be in. And it took years for this game to, this room to be revealed or actually you know, come on the internet. I love it. it and I, I haven't found this room yet. I think it's more of a, um, a fail safe. So if, if the game kind, if you get into an area and the game doesn't recognize where you are, it'll send you to this, this room. It's almost like Oh, and then it resets it. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Those are actually my favorite prizes, I think, like of all, where you get to actually be in the thing. Yeah. Like that guy won a competition to be a character in a South Park episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And, you know, Chris Houlihan, what, what a ledge. Can you imagine that? Thinking, wow, I'm in this game now. Yeah. He's One of the like... biggest games of all time. But can, he didn't... can we get an interview with Chris Houlihan? Can you track him down? Um, again, I've got no evidence whether uh, it is him there, but he's actually, I, I noticed he made a few comments on a Nintendo forum. Uh, right. He's like, oh, I'm Chris Houlihan. And, you know, he's, is he, that actually well, you, Chris? Well, I've got not, you know, mate, he was speaking quite a good game. I might try and contact him and see if it really is, but, you know. Be the imposter. Like... We have an interview with the imposter, Chris. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who's going to bother, like, you know, impersonating him? Come on. Yeah, who would waste time on the internet? Yeah, I mean, we, we don't we don't pay people for interviews. It's not like he's going to make a load of money out well, of exactly. us by, by appearing on Arcade Attack. So. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, the the game well, the room was intended as a crash prevention measure. The game would send players to this room if it couldn't determine where Link was going um, when he was going to another area. So yeah, it's quite a clever way of doing things. Uh, final thing, comic comics. Rob likes comics. Yeah, um, a comic book adaption of a Link to the Past. Illustrated by Shotaro Ishinomori, can't probably pronounce it all wrong, was published in, in Nintendo Power and it was serialized for 12 issues from January to December 1992. The comic was then re released as a trade paper back in 1993. It is a loose adaptation of the original game story featuring several plot changes and new characters. There you go. Mm-hmm. A Zelda comic. So, look, really good game. Love it. It's worth, it's worth checking out. I can see. You know, it's one of those games I've always wanted to play. I finally got around to sitting down and playing it. It it felt a bit weird because, like I said earlier, guys, I've kind of played the spiritual successor before it. And I was like, I've kind of really done these. And a lot of the dungeons are similar. And they, you know, obviously they use a lot of the stuff already. But there's enough differentiation to say, yeah, two separate games, worth playing both of them. Link to the past, baby. Go back, go back and try it out. That's my advice. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. 
you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK, at Keith Barlow82, and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Arcade Attack UK. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top tens, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, 